Thinking Aloud, conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with parapsychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'm going to return to the list of questions that was posted by viewers from our YouTube live stream that took place on October 11th. The truth is, I still have more than 30 pages of questions that I haven't yet addressed, so it could keep me going for uh, quite a while. M.W. says, I'm a huge... Robert Anton Wilson fan, could you please share some memories of meeting and befriending the late Discordian Pope? Yes, I knew Bob Wilson quite well going back to the days in which we both lived in Berkeley, California and hung out really with the uh, same group of of people. Uh, I knew Bob. I knew his wife, Arlen. I uh, met their daughter, Luna, who was sadly murdered. Uh, on the streets of Berkeley. And um, as I recall, they had uh, her body, at least her head, as I, I think it was frozen, in, in the hope that she could be revived someday. I'll, I'll share another memory. One day, I was standing on a street corner. I think it might have been uh, Shattuck Avenue and um, Bancroft, something like that in, in Berkeley. And Bob happened to walk up uh, just coincidentally at the same street corner. I said hello to him and I said, oh, Bob, I've been expecting you. And he looked at me. His eyes were wide open. I was joking, but he thought I was serious that somehow synchronistically I knew he would be there. <laughs> I thought that was a funny moment. Travis, Travis Smith says, um, I got abducted by aliens and implanted, and now I can remote view. I hate it. What do you think about the human rights violation caused by these interactions with the sentient one? And yeah, I, you know what, Travis? I can't tell if you're responding tongue-in-cheek or seriously, um, but in any case, it is. Uh, to abduct people, to uh, rape people anally, as Whitley Strieber claims he still takes medication uh, because of some sort of an anal probe. Uh, it, it's a violation. As far as I'm concerned, it is a violation. And I don't quite agree with Whitley when he says, you know, we, we should enter into a state of communion with these beings who are violating our rights. It almost sounds like uh, what you hear from people who have been subjected to abuse. Sculpture asks, in spite of the overwhelming evidence collected by Dr. Ian Stevenson, the late Dr. Ian Stevenson, on reincarnation being the machinery of the universe, why have scientists not taken the phenomenon seriously? Very good question, Sculpture. And I would have to say the reason is because most scientists uh, implicitly accept the materialistic paradigm uh, upon which our technology uh, is based. And it's sort of the implicit paradigm behind the bedrock of science's physics. Well, you see, I don't think physics should be the bedrock of sciences. But since it's considered to be such, and since it is based on the idea of materialism, 
Uh, scientists who subscribe to that worldview just have very little room in, in their consciousness for dealing with reincarnation. So, ultimately, I think it's the materialistic paradigm that needs to be seriously challenged the way people like Bernardo Castrop, who has been interviewed many times on New Thinking Aloud, have done. Jip Atkinson asks, when will you do another karaoke video, Jeffrey? And my thinking about it is, Jip, that I'd like to do at least one more before the end of the year. I'm thinking maybe to celebrate the holidays. It's even occurred to me, I wonder if it's possible to have some kind of a, a group karaoke event, a live stream where, where viewers could contribute karaoke as, as well. I don't know how that could be done, but it's a thought. It's an interesting thought. I bet I'm not the only one who enjoys karaoke. The RFM says, do you think there is a way for a Nietzschean split of society a la Ubermensch and Untermensch that doesn't abandon a Christian morality structure where those with the will to power lend a hand to the meek? Gee, that, that's a fascinating Question, uh, do I think there's a way for that to happen? It's, you know, I, I imagine that there is. <laughs> it's not, it's not really the way I, um, I, I think of things. I don't normally think in Nietzschean terms and I don't normally think in sociological terms very often. Um, but when it does come to, uh, society, uh, I'm, I'm a very big, Follower of uh, the writings of the sociologist Pitterum Sorokin, who, in fact, I uh, will be probably before this in presence monologue is released, you will have heard my discussion about Sorokin's great book, The Ways and Power of Love. And, uh, I, Sorokin advocates something along the lines that you're describing there. And uh, I, I'm in favor of uh, anything that Sorokin uh, advocates. I really am. Vani B says, I'm in chemo for non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Is there a guided spiritual imagery you can recommend? And uh, yes, Vani, uh, we have posted a guided imagery meditation, and I'm going to link to it right now. In fact, we've posted a few. So, I'm going to link to at least two different guided uh, meditations for healing. I hope they help you. James Preval says, Imagine a world where advanced ET technology was recovered, back-engineered, kept secret from the public for over half a century, and were to be disclosed to the public tomorrow. What would happen? If, if we had a massive disclosure tomorrow uh, regarding ET technology, well, I think most people would go about their lives. Most people are not concerned about major advances in technology. Most people are concerned with uh, bread and butter issues. Uh, so, I personally under the opinion that if such 
a revelation were to occur, society would adjust. It would take a long time. There would be a, a group of people who are on top of it right away, and, and it would gradually filter down into society, and uh, we deal with it. It doesn't seem all that extraordinary to me, actually. Peter Seamus Gunn asks, Would you, in the circumstance of having the ability to assassinate a tyrannical, murderous dictator responsible for the ongoing deaths of many thousands of people, ever make that choice? What a fascinating question, Peter. Um, and I have to tell you, I probably wouldn't make that choice because I I don't know that I have it in me to uh, assassinate anybody. Um, uh, so I'm probably not the right person to ask. And uh, you know what else? I don't believe that violence is the answer. I think violence just begets violence. You could assassinate this person and that person. It might have a temporary effect, but in the long run, you're contributing to the violence in society. I would prefer to find nonviolent means whenever possible. I'm, you know, uh, it's a question as a conscientious objector. We often get asked things like this. What would you do if you saw somebody raping your mother and you had a gun and you could stop them? <laughs> would, would you violate your own principles in that circumstance? Well, you know, a lot of people would violate their own principles in, in such a circumstance. So, uh, Nevertheless, it's it's a good thing to live by principles, and and some of these extreme examples uh, that sort of goad people into getting angry and feeling the dark side of the force. Um, I don't know. I think we can do better. And uh, let's move on here. Marshall McLuhan asks, "How does one find meaning?" Great question. Uh, I always enjoyed the uh, advice of my old late friend, Houston Smith, uh, whom I've interviewed many times, the author of uh, The World's Religions. And uh, his attitude was, the closer you get to God, the more meaningful everything becomes. I, I just love that phrase, and it seems to me there's something to it. The irony is that for many people, it's like the closer you get to power, the more meaningful everything becomes. And and somehow I think that that's an illusion. That the the people who who seek meaning in power are going to be disappointed at at the end. On the other hand, it may well be that God is just as much an illusion. Um, but I think it's a more enticing illusion. I, I, you know what? Bottom line, I'm probably something of an agnostic with regard to God, and yet I I find great um, inspiration in Houston Smith's thought about looking there for meaning. Now, another way to think of meaning is uh, what the existentialists say: we create our own meaning. It's up to you to not to find meaning, to make meaning. And 
I, I suppose it's true in my own life. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing right this second here and, and in general over the past many years with the New Thinking Aloud channel. Salvador Morphin writes, How sure are you that we have free will? Being Beings composed of synapses that are programmed to past recollection, influenced by macro and micro probabilities, could free will be an illusion? Salvador, yes, it could be an illusion, but it's a very strong illusion, and there are different ways to define free will. Obviously, there are many uh, sources of influence upon our behavior, physical, biological, sociological, psychological, we're under all of those influences, but none of them are necessarily definitive except, you know, we have to breathe, we have to have water, there are certain things that, uh, that we cannot live without. But I think I like the definition of free will that says if you're taking an action uh, of your own choice, nobody is forcing you to take that action, then you might as well consider it free will, regardless of what other causal factors might be involved. Well, because this is a an in-presence monologue and I like to keep them, generally speaking, under 15 minutes, I'm uh, going to close now, but I still have over 30 pages of questions, so I plan to come back. Uh, let me say a couple of things, though, in closing. One of them is that we have a free weekly newsletter for New Thinking Aloud viewers, and it contains all sorts of information I think you will find both informative and inspiring. And it also includes previews of the videos to be released in the upcoming week. You can subscribe for free by going to our foundation, newthinkingaloud.org. And remember, aloud is spelled A-L-L-O-W-E-D, and New Thinking Aloud is all one word. But let me leave you with a question for yourself, the question that Marshall McLuhan posed. How do you find meaning in your life? Thank you for being with me.